0: Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to read out of Second Chronicles, chapter 1. 2 Chronicles, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 7 here. It says, oh, this is actually before we read. So this is Solomon praying. He's praying for wisdom. A lot of you guys have heard this passage before, but he's having a conversation with God right now. So verse 7, in that time, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, you've shown great In steadfast love to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to David, my father, be now fulfilled. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Verse 10. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? God answered Solomon, because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. That's amazing. Verse 13. So Solomon came from the high place at Gibeon from before the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you for the opportunity to open up your word and allow it to speak to us because it's living and breathing. We thank you that this is actually um, your love letter written to us, Jesus. So we just sit in your presence. And we don't want to miss a thing, God. So we, we are attentive to what you are going to do in this moment. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but that passage, that main passage that we just read, really encourages me I love that God tells Solomon, ask whatever you want. Whatever you want, just shoot it. Shoot it my way. And he asks away. Um, But I'm thankful tonight that we have our wants in life, but God knows what we need. So we, we have wants, but He actually knows what we need, and He provides us things because He's a good Father. And I think when we, in life, we can get caught up with that sometimes. It was like, God, I really want this, but he knows what you truly need. And that ultimately will always be better than our wants or our desires, even though he knows those and he, cont- he takes those into consideration. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to have an abundant life. Don't misunderstand me, but he knows what you need. And that's a beautiful truth tonight. But being encouraged by Solomon, his first desire was to gain knowledge from heaven. Solomon had his priorities in the right order. I love it. He could have asked for anything, but he asked for wisdom. The beautiful thing is that God gave him more than what he asked for as well. If you notice in the text, so he gave him knowledge and wisdom and some, which was really cool. He gives Solomon wisdom and the things that he didn't ask for, that most people would have asked for. Possessions, wealth, and honor, um, and various other things. If that was our God then, what makes you think God's character has changed? It hasn't. It hasn't cha- he has not changed. He's still the same God today as he was then. He's the same God the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, he is our provider, and he wants, he wants to bless us with good things, but we have to make sure our heart is positioned in the right place. Solomon's heart was positioned in the right direction, clearly because of what he asked for. Most people would not ask for that, especially in this time, but that was the first thing he asked for, which is beautiful to me. And I think we should take that on um, as we venture into this love series that we should just lean into God. Regardless of if we're single or we're dating or we're in a relationship or we're married, lean into God. And I promise you, it won't harm you. It will only help you grow in your faith and the things of God. But Solomon was positioned towards Christ, and I want us to be a young adult's ministry that take that on. I want us to be a generation that takes that on. So this evening, if you're taking notes, I would love for you to write down the title of this message tonight. I want to preach a message entitled, The Handbook for Singleness. The Handbook for Singleness. These are just a few things that I feel like God has put on my heart that I wanted to talk to you guys with and, and also just share some scripture around this whole idea, and I believe God is going to really encourage us collectively. So, right off the top, um, I think this season of waiting can actually serve as preparation for yourself, but also for your future spouse, or that future significant other in your life, this season of waiting for the right person or whatever that season looks like for you. If you're not, if you're not dating anyone and you're not really actively looking, but you're single and your people maybe around you are kind of discouraging you, don't be discouraged. View it as a season of preparation. I think you can be active in this season of your singleness, and it's actually great. It's actually one of the best seasons that you can be in. So just be encouraged. Um, I think most people, they have this stigma when it comes to singleness. People's first response to singleness is this dreadful experience, as if it's something to to hate or view as like a dark, rainy cloud over you. I don't know. Um, And the closer you get to Valentine's Day, the more sadness you feel. I just feel like some people, they take it to the next level. Like, some of these people, I mean, people joke around about it, Va- Valentine's Day being Singles Awareness Day. And uh, it's funny that that acronym is actually SAD. It's, uh, <laughs> Singles Awareness Day, SAD. I just realized that earlier. Um, but you've heard people talk about it, right? Valentine's Day. I'm going to go straight to Marshall's. Buy some comfy sweatpants. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get dark chocolate, 85%, maybe some popcorn. And uh, I'm going to go on the checkout line, get my stuff, go home. I have a date with my couch and Netflix. Like, I'm just going to chill out and with a box of tissues, watch some rom-coms. Like, that's, that's some people's mindset when it comes to Valentine's Day. It's like, I'm just going to sit in my sadness and leave me alone. It does not have to be that way. I promise you I'm here to tell you that it does not have to be that way you don't have to have that mindset like seriously no it doesn't have to be that way I promise it's actually like I said earlier one of the best seasons of your life you're still figuring out yourself and that's a really powerful thing that's a powerful season to be in this season of preparation Singleness can be a season where you can lean into all that God is calling you to be in life. And you can use this time that you are single to be a building phase or a building block. Does anyone with me tonight to take that journey? Is that cool if we go through it a little bit? Um, I want to give us just a couple handles, a couple points for the handbook of singleness. Things to take into consideration. So, first one tonight. Have self-awareness to know your areas of growth. Have self-awareness to know your areas of growth. In this season of singleness, I think that's so important to just ask that question. Take time to work on yourself. Your future spouse will thank you. View this time as an advantage to ask yourself, what are some things in my life that might be a lack? It could be anything. It could be as practical as I, you know what, if I'm honest with myself, I'm not saying this is me, I'm just saying. But maybe it is, you're, maybe you're short-tempered. Maybe you just have a, a hard time with controlling your anger. So, okay, cool, let's take that on. Let's work on that season while you're single, so you don't bring that into a relationship where you could not only damage yourself, but someone else. That's just one example. I think self-awareness is a powerful thing, especially at this age of our 20s, to just be self-aware, where are we at? Character-wise, where are we at? And be honest with yourself. What are, what are some areas that I can grow in as an individual? Um, Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9, this is Paul speaking. who says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I particularly love that last part, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Use this time to, to increase in the knowledge of God, so to just grow in the things of God to be self-aware of things that you can grow in personally, but also growing in the things of God. 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 18, says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in grace and in knowledge. I love it. View this season as preparation to grow in areas to improve yourself, but also to just grow in your relationship, that you would go deeper into relationship with Jesus. One area of growth uh, for me in Mallory's marriage has been when Mal has asked me to do something, it no longer takes me 35 minutes to do it. So she'll ask me to do a task, hey, it could be as practical as just taking the clothes out of the dryer. And it no longer takes me 35 minutes to do that, because I've learned, I don't know why it's taken me years to figure that out, but when she's asked me to do something, I just do it the first time. And how much pain and struggle would I have not dealt with if I had just dealt with that when I was younger, and my mom telling me to pick up my room, and she's having to tell me seven, eight, nine times. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just interesting how you can just naturally carry some things you, you haven't dealt with, you haven't worked through into a relationship, and then it, it hurts you and the person you're in relationship with. But now I, I make sure I, I take clothes out of the dryer the first time she asks. <laughs> but some, but for some wisdom, uh, for the men in the room, don't ever have your wife wait for you to do something um, that she's asked you to take care of. Don't, don't, don't let her ask you twice. Just do it the first time. That's for, that's for free. Any single man in the room? Yeah, that's for you, Burm. But that's just a small example, right? But fix your bad habits now so you don't bring them into your future marriage. Grow in your relationship with God and your future spouse will thank you for it later. Um, Secondly tonight, make your relationship with Jesus the first priority. Make your relationship with Jesus the first relationship you establish well that you grow in. Make that one... The biggest priority. Before you even consider dating anyone, make sure your relationship with Jesus is healthy and thriving. Being firm in your faith will set up any relationship you have in life for when? Make Jesus first in your life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Earlier on in this passage, Jesus is specifically talking about not being anxious about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. The point that he's trying to make is that he is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. That's what that means, Jehovah Jireh. And that's a beautiful truth tonight. So another verse that's really good, Matthew chapter 6, earlier on, it talks about this. So in 25, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? That's such a good point, right? We were just talking about that, but the point is that God is our provider and he knows what you need at the right time. There is purpose to your season of singleness. There's purpose in it. Just think about Solomon, how he asked for wisdom. And not only did he get wisdom, but all the things he didn't ask for. God will provide. You don't have to worry about who you're gonna date, who who's gonna be your husband or who's gonna be your your wife. It's gonna come you know, sooner or later, but it's going to come in God's timing. So be active in your waiting, prepare, work on yourself, grow in the things of God, and that will set your relationship up for when in the future. Make your relationship with Jesus the first priority. The first priority. So make that the first priority and we talked about earlier, being self-aware to grow in areas of growth, things that you need to work on. And then three tonight, learn how to die to yourself daily. Learn how to be selfless more often. Um, I'm not speaking about dying to yourself in the decision of accepting salvation, which is a beautiful truth tonight. When you accept Christ, for the very first time, the old is dead and the gone, or is, is dead and gone. But the newness of life is what is in replacement. So is what God God replaces the old with the new, which is beautiful. But I'm more so just speaking about the issue of pride and self selfish ambition. That's what we have to deal with a lot of the time. I mean if we're honest, we we think about ourselves a lot, right? Just naturally. What do we get, what do we have on for for the day? What are we doing today? Uh to-do list. What do I need to get through today? Um it could be anything. But God is calling us to love on others no matter what in every season. So And that has to do with dying to ourselves, being selfless. I think in our generation, um, we've gotten used to this selfie, selfie generation, just being on Instagram, taking a photo of yourself. Everyone is so consumed. Pastor Matt was talking about it this past weekend. We get so consumed and caught up by things that we see on social media, and a lot of it is so puffed up, and it's not... It's not true. A lot of it is just artificial. And then we, we start thinking, oh, well, wish I wish I had that. Or I wish that I was good enough to know that, that group of people. Or I wish I was more popular. But we get so consumed of me, 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 this selfie kind of generation. I think we should be more so a selfie-less generation. I decrease my own agenda, my own plans, so God can increase in my life. That doesn't mean God doesn't know your desires of your heart. It means you have a humbleness to be used by God. But in order for that to take place, we have to decrease so he can increase in our lives. And if you can carry that into a future relationship, my goodness, will that make all the difference. If you if you're committed to just honoring the other person that's in relationship with you, it's gonna cause your relationship to just grow. Like healthy growth. Always focus on honoring the other person. But also honoring relationship with God, that you have to decrease your your wants and your desires in order for God to to increase in your life. God knows those desires. He knows those, friend. But in order for us to grow in relationship with Jesus, we have to decrease. We have to die to selfishness and pride and allow Him to come in so He can increase in our lives. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, do, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves my selfish motives and pride must decrease so god can increase in my life you know what was what the the one thing that was most attractive to me about mao when before we we were even dating. She's like nervous. I know. I don't even have to look at her. She's like nervous. Like, what is he going to say? <laughs> don't worry, baby. It's all good. Um, the biggest thing that attracted me to her before we were even in relationship with each other um, was her heart, what was on the inside. Um, that, that is what attracted me to her the most, her love for Jesus and her love for people. Obviously, I thought she was cute, hey. <laughs> but what, what was on the inside really attracted me to her. The way she, she put God first in her life, the way she loved people, the way she loved Jesus, I just it just brightened my world when I was around her. And her heart, even way back then, was fully positioned to God, and I loved it. So we have, to, we have to decrease so he can increase. So that is number three, and then four tonight. Search for someone that is running at the same pace. This is the one that we're going to end with. Search for someone that is running at the same pace. So, for people that are single in this place tonight, search for someone that's running at the same pace, not someone that's doing a three-minute pace, if you're at a seven-minute pace. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? I just want to paint this picture real quick. So, say you're running, right? You're running this faith race. Running, we're all running together. And everyone's running at a different pace. And you're going to get to a point in life where you're running at your pace. Say it's like five minutes, five minutes a mile like Tommy Davis. And you're running. And eventually... You're going to look around side to side. You're eventually going to notice, you know, who's running at the same pace as me. And then after that, you know, you start putting some feelers out. Actually, before you do that, you should pray about it. That's, that's important. Don't listen. Yeah. Rewind. So pray first. You know, look around and pray. Hey, God, could that be someone that could potentially be my wife one day or a husband? I think that's a beautiful thing to do. The first response is, okay, cool, I'm running. I see someone that's running this faith race at the same pace. I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to pray for what could potentially happen. And give it up to God. Just give it to God. Um, maybe they will even push your pace at times. And that's really good. Then you begin to to pray and talk with God about that person, like I said earlier. Then you seek counsel from the Lord. That's one picture of two people who are evenly yoked, if you're running at the same pace. Mal inspires me to grow closer to God. Um, She promotes the idea of me getting in the Word often and praying and talking to Him. And I love that. We're running running at the same pace. Sometimes I'm a little tired, and she's running a little ahead of me, but she's still looking back like, come on, this is where we're going. Jesus is this way, and vice versa. We just help each other along the journey. Um, But I do want to take a moment, if it's okay, to just be pastoral for a minute. Is that all right? So if person you are thinking on pursuing doesn't love Jesus with all their heart, reconsider who you're thinking about dating. Reconsider who you're thinking about dating. Because that person will eventually pull you away from keeping, keeping um, you from God's best in your life. It's so important that you're running at the same pace. Trying to convince that person that you're dating to get in the Word, or to talk to God more, or to attend church, those are some red flags. They really are. I understand if someone, you know, if they're going through a hard situation, and they were strong with their faith at one point, and now you're trying to help them get out of a rut, that's a little different. But from the start, if it was a little, if it was a little dry when it came to their relationship with Jesus... Reconsider who you're going to be in relationship with. Find someone that's evenly yoked, that's running at the same pace as you. Find someone that is beautiful on the inside first. Outside is secondary. How is their heart? Someone that has a heart to know God better and to love people the way God loves them is something to truly look for. That's truly amazing. And also, can I say tonight, there's no rush either when this whole idea of trying to find someone to do life with, your partner, there's no rush. Just enjoy the process. Enjoy this this season of preparation. Just take this time to grow in the things of God. And um, there's no rush. God will put someone in your sight but don't be discouraged if it isn't tomorrow. (laughs) Seek first his kingdom like Solomon did. Seek after more godly wisdom, sorry, godly knowledge and wisdom. God honored his request, right, and gave Solomon more than what he asked for. So allow God to work on the areas of growth in your life, areas you need to grow in, Make your relationship with God your first re- first priority. Die to yourself daily. And then search for someone that is running at the same pace. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.